0: Good morning, afternoon, evening, and welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier Midwestern based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, Arian Barry, and Wyatt Theater, as we talk to you about college football, the NFL, and of course, our signature segments, Mike Stupid Rules and Write That Down Predictions, here on episode 189. Serena Lasta, Aja Tomjanovic, likely ending her tennis career with her retirement after massive 23 Grand, Grand Slam since she started in tournaments back in 1998 at the age of 16. While it is a sad day for tennis seeing Serena enter her retirement phase, it could be worse. You could be an Iowa Hawkeye fan and watch the game of the punter where Iowa's punter had 10 punts for 479 yards. Seven out of 10 of those were inside the 20. The average drive of this game was 15 yards. Did I mention that the final score here was seven to three and there was zero touchdowns scored and two safeties? insane. 936 yards combined over 21 punts. The game of the punter, both of these teams, Iowa and South Dakota state had a combined 288 yards of offense, which is insane. Xavier Hutchinson had more receiving yards in the first half than Iowa had passing yards in the entire game. Spencer Petras went one touchdown and eight interceptions in his last seven games, which is pretty bad. But almost worse, 1.1 quarterback rating while playing the entire game. That has got to be a record for somebody who's played the entire game. Also, bonus fun fact, neither team had over three yards per play. Happy hate week, y'all. That's, yeah,
1: that's not, that's not great.
2: They also averaged 1.6 yards per rush, which is just disgusting. So bad.
1: bad. Did did anybody actually watch any of that game? I did not watch any of it.
2: No, I'm glad that I didn't now that I see the score. I just looked at it uh, after the fact and I was like, ew, one field goal and one touchdown. And then I clicked into the game and I was like, oh, no, (laughs) two field goals, two safeties.
0: It's ruined for me because the first score that I got was when it was five to three, and I was like, "Seriously? Oh my goodness gracious!" And then seven to three was the final I, I saw a couple hours later, and I just I couldn't believe it.
1: Yeah, I I, I was just following along on the scoreboard in Jack Chase Stadium, um, and I saw it was three to three in the third quarter, and I was like, "Oh goodness!" And then I saw a seven to three final, and I was trying to do the math in my head. I was like, "You know, the only way to get there is two safeties." <laughs>
0: There's only three ways to score seven points. And Iowa found the second most likely or least likely weighted.
1: I mean, so what? It's touchdown with an extra point, touchdown and then a one point safety, two field goals and a one point safety. Or I guess
0: yeah, we could do that. We're also three safeties and one point safety.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So there are a lot more ways.
0: Imagine that game, three safeties and a one point safety. Just watch. That's going to be Iowa in the Seahawks game. That's also a burn on us, though.
1: I, I, mean, yeah. say, I don't
0: really want to watch that.
1: Uh, the CyHawk game is coming up this next week, and we'll talk about that um, in a little bit. But first, we'll talk about the Cyclones game that happened this week at Jack Choice Stadium. And that was a game against Southeast Missouri, SEMO, as they're called. Um, and the Cyclones dominated. Um, uh, it was a destruction. The outcome of this game Wheelie, really was not really ever in doubt um deckers and xavier hutchinson looked really great in my opinion i was really impressed by what i saw with deckers i think he only made one bad throw the entire game and it did get intercepted um but generally it was pretty good um kyle how are you feeling about your uh less than 15 touchdown passes right that down prediction now that he has uh four in the first week
3: you know it's a long season, is what I'll say. And to be fair, four touchdown passes against Semo is great. Like you'll take that, right? But it is Semo, and we expected to do well against them. I would say, or you expect to beat them. You know, it, four touchdown passes against Semo is a lot different than going out and scoring four touchdown passes against Baylor. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stymie your your attempt at degrading my prediction right now until we at least get a little bit more, uh, a little bit more meat into into this season, you know?
1: Yeah. But now all he has to do is average one touchdown pass a game. Okay.
3: Then great. If he does that by all means do it, please.
2: I'm begging you. Don't follow my projection. It's a long season does not help your prediction. That's not the best argument. (laughs) Uh, my one concern, I agree. Deckers did look much better than I thought he would look. However, how much of that was just the fact that Xavier Hutchinson uh, just abused that poor cornerback? And like something like 35% of his yards were all Hutchinson. And when we go against a team that maybe has a functional corner- cornerback that can actually cover him, what does that look like? And is he relying as much on that safety blanket? So I'll be interested to see what it looks like when somebody actually knows how to cover him because every time they did those replays of those long throws to him he is just doing whatever he wanted by himself there
3: was
0: yeah.
2: nothing going on for the defense at all i I agree and you
3: know you can you can scheme a defense to cover one guy if he is the standout guy um we saw a lot of defensive schemes around Charlie Kohler uh, that made it difficult for him to get open with Brock Purdy the one thing that I will say that I was Pleasantly surprised about with Deckers is I thought that Brock Purdy was at times very indecisive with what he was going to do. Uh, it seemed like on some of his throws he second guessed a lot and tried to keep the play going uh, and make those plays off schedule, uh, is is what uh, those plays are commonly referred to. But with Deckers, a lot of it was was timing. Uh, how much of that is just being the first game against Semo? You're going out and executing what you've practiced all summer long uh, and into fall camp, uh, through spring ball, that's what he's doing. So, you know, how much of that is executing, you know, the offensive game plan, uh, versus what is he going to see later on when it gets into conference play? We don't know, but I I will say I liked the decision-making and then the quick snappy passes, uh, compared to Brock Purdy. And you can tell, I think Deckers has a far superior arm strength compared to Brock Purdy. For sure. sure. Uh, And that ball zips out of Decker's hand um, compared to what it did with Purdy. So there are some pros, uh, but there are, in my mind, there are a lot of pros. Yes, but there are still a lot of question marks just because I don't see SEMO as a great, you know, like pinnacle of what the rest of the season is going to look like. You can only play
2: who's in front of you. Right, exactly. So, But at least they stepped up and did what they need to do. Right. I will say maybe I'm just not used to seeing a left handed quarterback, but does he have like the longest play action rollout ever? Like, I feel like every time we ran a play action and he rolled it out to throw, I felt like it took like (laughs) like a really long time when usually that's a pretty quick motion.
3: He's definitely not as fast as Purdy. We'll we'll put it that way. He's big, though. He is big, but he did trim down significantly. Kind of the last season. They were talking about that. I thought he looked great. Xavier Hutchinson looks like he's added some muscle. Uh, uh, Noel also looks like he could be that X factor on the other side of Xavier Hutchinson. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. I am worried about what that wide receiver room looks like after those two players. No, uh, it, there's. There's a lot of question marks behind Xavier Hutchinson and then Jalen Knoll, so it, it's still left to be seen what that is. Whether that's that Colorado transfer who came in, uh, whether it's you know the new newfound tight end room, uh, you know we'll see we'll see what that looks like. But overall, props to the guys in the weight room. Uh, props to the team for getting that first win. Um, but what I would like to talk about is is what we were at, at least. Stumped by a little bit, or what we weren't impressed by, and the guy that is a preseason top, whatever player AP the, All American nation, first team, yeah, AP All American first team, Will McDonald. Where was he in this game?
2: Where was our line in general, in my opinion? I mean, they their mean was what it. six six? He's a big guy, he moved his legs really well. I think we got six or eight quarterback pressures, but we did not get to the quarterback once. We got gashed all day up the run. I was not really impressed by our front line at all. And if they were calling the game a little bit better, in my opinion, we probably would have gotten about three PI flags for the secondary because we played pretty rough back there. I didn't think our defense looked very good at all last weekend, but they did enough. I know we play a bend-don't-break style, but it was a little too much bend, you know, bending for me. And if we're going to play a good team, we got to bend a lot less because we're going to break against a team that knows how to play.
1: I thought Isaiah Lee up the middle had a decent game. Um, he seemed to do pretty good stuff and runs up the middle. They did get most of their yards on the outside. Um, I will say, but um, yeah, I agree that I wasn't, despite only giving up 10 points, I wasn't super impressed with the defense. Um, there was a blocked field goal and an interception in the red zone in there that could have easily been at least six more points. yeah, um, If not 10 for, for, for Southeast Missouri. Um, yeah, the defense, was, was they did what they needed to do. The question is, how will they look against competent offenses, which we'll see once we start to get into Big 12 play. So we'll, we'll have to see about that. But no, that defensive performance will not be good enough against um, teams like Oklahoma and K-State. It just yeah. won't be. So it's worth, uh, worth keeping an eye on. Um, some other observations. The other one I had, Jaleel Brock had a great game.
3: Yeah, Jirel Brock looked great. Not in the first half. Not in the first half, I would say. But I don't think that was his fault in the first half. I think the offensive line, at least in in run blocking, played horrifically in the first
2: half. I wondered about this watching the game because I also noticed huge difference between first half, second half. Do you think that's conditioning difference between a bigger school and a smaller school, though? Like our guys are generally a little bit bigger, generally a little bit stronger. I was wondering if their guys just got a little more tired out. While our guys or, had a little more in the tank. Or did we see what SEMO was doing up front
3: and we adjusted to it That's, at halftime? Could have made a coaching adjustment too. Possibly. Uh, I, I don't know. But but Jirel Brock did have a lot of good runs in the second half. He showed off some impressive balance as well. Hit him with highlight play. Which is one thing that we had commented with Brees Hall and uh, David Montgomery is both of their abilities to win their, win they make contact with the first defender to not immediately go to the ground. Um, That was one of like the things with, with running backs of old Uh, I'm blanking on the guy just, just before David Montgomery uh, who we all thought was going to be very good, but it seemed like after he got hit initially uh, he wouldn't be able to bounce it or at least stay on his feet and get some extra yardage out of that. Um, So I like what I saw out of him Ah, uh, Cartavius Norton seems to say have the same thing. a huge bounce in his step. Ah, uh, so much so that he pulled his hamstring slightly. Uh, he is listed day to day according to Campbell. So we we ah uh, um got by with a close one there. But he could be that
2: next great Iowa State running back, and he's just a true freshman this year. So. He looked really great on the couple runs he got. Also, he's listed at five eleven, two twelve, and I don't buy that. He did not look five eleven. I'm like, that guy's like two twenty-five. That's a big
1: guy. But overall, I think that was a that was a fun game to watch. Um, did what they needed to do against a a bad team.
3: I think Pass Pro was really good though, was, which which was something that we hadn't touched on yeah, uh too much. Agree. Especially with uh Decker's blind side being the opposite side of Brock Purdy, uh now rotating that that lineman over in Remsburg. Uh But I think pass pro was really good. Obviously, we're not talking about um,
2: Big 12 conference level uh, pass rushing ability, but. I do believe they got zero sacks and zero quarterback pressures, though. So, you know, as good as you can do for
1: pass protection. I believe they got some quarterback pressures, though, because I believe.
3: He scrambled a couple times, Uh, which.
1: Officially, there's no quarterback hurries for Simo, though, according to. The stats, so it appeared that there was, but looks like there actually wasn't.
2: And Rocco Beck threw some very pretty incompletions, I'll say that.
1: Hey, he drew two pass interference penalties, so...
2: They look good in the air, I won't lie.
1: Yeah, technically, Rocco Beck didn't throw a pass. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Because they were both pass interference, so they don't count on the stats. So it doesn't look like he threw a pass. Just saying.
3: It's interesting to see that Rocco Beck was the next guy off the bench for the cyclones so that's something to look look to um if hunter deckers were to get hurt or you know other circumstances uh rocco becht will seemingly be the next guy up for
2: the cyclones one more thing before we move on to iowa um i don't know if it was just me but i felt like our kickoffs were terrible like they landed at like the 18 was it windy? It was, How windy was it? It
1: was a little bit windy um blowing towards uh, the wind blowing away from the Jacobson building. So towards the, the Sukup end zone club there.
2: Our punts looked okay, but kickoffs looked bad. Kickoffs going
3: towards the Sukup end zone club were landing in the end zone, whereas kickoffs the other way were landing at like the 15 or the 20.
1: None of those, they were turned out past the 25. Like, I almost wonder if it wasn't intentional. Is just a we're going to work on this.
2: I just hope to see a little bit more leg strength in the future.
1: Right. I feel like it was fine because, you know, their average field position was worse on the kicks that weren't touchbacks than it was on the ones that were. So Fair enough. I, I don't see that as a problem. I did observe that, but I thought live, I thought it was intentional. Okay. So I don't know whether or not that's true, but that's what that was my thought watching it live.
3: One thing to note there. On the kicking side, still yet to be determined is what Iowa State's field goal range will be or what the field goal kicking looks like as Iowa State neither attempted. Well, they didn't even attempt a field goal in this game. So just extra points.
1: Yeah, but the kick, the extra point kicking did look good. So there's that. No problems there. The special teams generally, we won the special teams battle this this week for sure. Yeah. So. Which is good. They won in all facets of the game, and that's what happens when it's 42-10. Uh, to 10. And like I said, you did what you needed to do against a bad team, and uh, Iowa did, didn't really, as you might have guessed from all of the, the, the fun facts in the introduction. Iowa did not look good um, against South Dakota State. And, of course, the Seahawks is what comes up next. That game will be on Saturday. It'll be a 3 p.m. game. I'm seeing Big Ten Network for that game. Is that what you all are seeing too? I would have expected it to be on, on like, actual Fox.
3: Yeah, no, I'm I'm seeing
1: Big Ten Network. Do you guys even get Big Ten Network in Kansas City? I do not. Uh, I don't don't think I have it. But, yes, that game will be 3 p.m. on Big Ten Network um fpi now favors the cyclones um as we mentioned last week um we were slight underdogs according to fpi going into the season now with this performance it does favor the cyclones giving us a 58.5 percent chance to win um vegas on the other hand does not it still favors the hawkeyes by three and a half points this game is of course at kinnick stadium um what are you guys looking for here
2: um whether their defense can beat our offense and whether our offense uh can beat their defense basically i mean it's their defense versus our offense right that's really the only thing their offense looks god-awful our defense didn't look beautiful so which one of those is gonna step up because we already know their defense looks pretty darn good it usually is pretty good and uh our offense looked pretty good as well so kind of a one-sided thing for me
0: what you're telling me is that if our offense plays good and our defense plays good, then we'll win the game.
2: If our offense plays better than their defense, then we're probably good. Ah, so. Their offense is bad. Our defense is, uh, we'll see. No comment. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm, and their offense is also not great. Granted, they were missing um, many of their wide receivers, some of which may be back on Saturday. I haven't even seen an updated Iowa injury report. Um, so that could make a difference for the Iowa offense. But that offense was just terrible.
3: Just please, Iowa State, don't make that game look like that South Dakota State game. Uh, I really don't, I don't want to watch about. that.
1: I like defense.
3: Good for you. Okay, but, but
2: that much defense, though. What
3: what I'm looking for is what does the resolve of this relatively young Cyclones team look like going on the road. Uh this is the first road game of the season. Uh it's gonna be Hunter Decker's first true road game as a starter. Uh and I- I'm wanting to see how they're able to go into it, handle the first quarter, um, and see what adjustments they make at halftime. Uh I-, I don't know what the outcome of the game is going to look like, uh what the Cyclones are gonna do against that defense, but I am hoping. Uh, that, you know, we see at least really just get some positives and get some good experience for this team being as young as it is going into Big 12 conference play um, in two weeks after this game.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've just got a bad feeling about this game where it's going to be another game where we outgain Iowa like two to one and still lose the game because their punter That's just exactly pins us deep happen. all the time and we have a bad turnover, and Iowa finds a way to win this game like 17-14 despite getting out-gained by 150 We run yards. into
3: our punt returner when he's trying to field the ball uh, or field the punt um, and fumble, and Iowa recovers in the red zone, that type of thing.
1: I just, can't, I just do not have a good feeling about this game, and it, it's hard to with the recent history of this game.
2: Here's an extra fun fact for Iowa. Uh, since the year 2000, FBS teams that have averaged less than 2.8 yards per play and scored zero touchdowns have gone three and 371 for a .8 percent win percentage. Iowa won two of those three wins. They're two and one. Everybody else is one and 370. So they're good at being bad at offense, but that's just wild.
1: Another one from this is from the Cyhawk game back in 2019. Um, so from 2009 to 2019, teams that gained 7.7 7 yards or more per play and allowed 4.3 yards or less per play were 498 and 2, and one of those two losses was Iowa State to Iowa back in 2019. I feel like it's going to be another one of those games.
2: Yeah. We've just been conditioned to accept that we're just going to lose even though we play better. Yeah, yep.
1: Maybe not quite that lopsided in the yards, but I'm, oh, I just have a bad feeling that that's what we're going to get. Fingers so.
2: crossed for something else. I know. Anything what, else? If we, what if we outgain
3: them three to one and miss like four field goals? How are we going to feel then? <laughs>
2: Very depressed. This yeah. game's going to end up being like 54 to 40, and we're all just going to be confused.
1: <laughs> if, if Iowa scores 40 or 54 points i'm yeah that's going to be quite quite the surprise i don't know it might take him until week 6 to score 54 <laughs> points but i mean so the, the the key matchup i'm looking for is so supposedly Iowa's best player on offense is their tight end i can't remember his name but i've heard rumors that he might be a first round pick even Iowa tends to do that with tight ends remember they had two first round Tight ends in the same year once.
3: Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson.
1: Yes, so that's him against our linebackers is um, sort of the matchup I'm looking for. Our linebackers, to me, are the strength of this um, this team. Kobe reader looked really good. Um, I, I think last week I said he was a New Hampshire transfer. He's actually a Delaware transfer. I, I messed that up. Um, but anyway, the Delaware transfer, he looked really good. Um, so that linebacker unit is really strong. So how they can match up against Iowa's tight end, um, could, could be big there. That, that's something that I would, would keep an eye on any, any other matchups we're keeping an eye on. What are we looking at?
2: Um, just Will McDonald versus however many people they put on him. Can he break out this week? It doesn't really matter if he gets double teamed. It doesn't matter if their offensive line is good. If people think you're a first team all American, you kind of got to just be better. That's really it for me.
3: My matchup of the week is going to be that, that uh, Cyclone offensive line uh, against usually a pretty formidable front um, for Iowa. Can that offensive line get some good running lanes for Jirel Brock and company? Uh, I think that'll really help with the play action that obviously Iowa State tried to implement a lot against SEMO. Uh, and I think that helps a lot with Deckers and, you know kind of his style of play so uh can that offense offensive line be good in run run blocking
1: yeah either way i expect this to be a close game i don't expect this to be a blowout one way or the other i don't think either offense is better enough than the opponent's defense to turn this into a blowout one way or the other agreed
2: it's a rivalry game it'll be close they just have a tendency to be
1: does does anyone want to say, not necessarily write it down, but say who they think is going to win this game? Has it changed from your prediction last week?
2: I still have the same prediction. I will say, um, Iowa wins twenty to seventeen. I say Iowa wins twelve to ten. Oh, I just wanted more points than that.
1: <laughs> I've got Iowa seventeen fourteen.
0: <laughs> Iowa six to one. Okay. All right.
1: Do, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> Whatever.
0: Well, we'll move guess, on. Well, wouldn't that be Iowa State six to
1: one? I mean, you could have it either way. You could score a touchdown and get one point safetyed on your own extra point. Theoretically, <laughs> it's possible.
0: Yeah, it is. We've gone over this a myriad of times.
1: All right. Well, there you have it. Look forward to that Cy-Hawk, and I'm sure we will give this an, a, a a full breakdown, giving it its due diligence in next week's episode. But we'd be remiss if we didn't, um, this week, do our NFL season preview. Believe it or not, NFL season is also upon us. It starts on Thursday.
3: Thursday night. What is that? 9-8. Bills-Rams.
1: Yep. So a good game to start it off. Um, And, you know, just jump right in. Unlike in college football, where week one doesn't matter to most teams, every week matters in the NFL. Um, And it should be a good week with with some good games highlighted by, of course, that Bill's Rams game, I think, is probably the best game of the week. Uh, Um, The
3: Chiefs Cardinals in the three twenty five central slot is also a
2: very intriguing game. It'll be very interesting to see what their receiving core looks like on the field.
1: Yeah. Cowboys Buccaneers could be a really good game. It'll be a good week overall.
2: Watch football, everybody.
1: Yes. If you don't watch at least three football games between now and next time we record this episode, you're doing it wrong. I'm just saying you got to watch at least three. That's your That's your mission.
3: Also, grab your popcorn for the Browns and Panthers uh, football game.
1: Revenge Baker Mayfield tour.
0: Revenge tour.
1: It might not be the best football game, but there'll be oh, a lot of storyline there. Mm hmm. Yes, it will be fun. But as we do at the start of every season, we will do our season preview. Um, so we will go we will go division by division. All of us will say our division winners. We'll then jump right to our Super Bowl matchup and our Super Bowl winners. Um, we'll go in the same order we did for our Cyclone preview, season preview last week. So we'll start with Wyatt, then Arianne, then Kyle, and we'll end with myself. We'll start over in the AFC with the AFC East. Wyatt, who do you got?
0: Let's jump right in. Get your tables ready to jump on. I got the Bills. I agree. I got my shorts on. I agree with
2: the Bills. Yeah, it's it's the Bills. There's, the Patriots
3: and the, and the Jets aren't, aren't even in there. And who knows what Tua is
2: going to be for the Dolphins. I'm high on Miami this year. I'm the only one.
1: I I mean... Even yeah, I could be high on Miami, but still, the, the Bills are just the better team. They're going to yeah. win this division, AFC North. Wyatt,
0: I have the Steelers. I feel like Trubisky is going to be good for some ungodly reason, and Steelers.
2: I like. I like how you're confident about a quarterback that you did not say the name of correctly. No, oh, he's, yep. he's
0: Trubisky since he got the Nickelodeon Award last year for like the worst player thing. Uh, the guy who handed <laughs> the trophy called him Mitch Trubisky. Oh anyone yeah, else remember that. that? Was, was that just a fantasy dream? No, that oh, did happen. Know. You're right. Okay. Do you know to uh, I'm Trubisky? not
2: gonna. I'm not gonna pick somebody. I'm not gonna pick a team who had a quarterback race until like today. Uh, we're gonna go with former MVP Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Yeah, I I don't like Trubisky. Although,
3: hey, if he's good for a couple of receivers on my fantasy teams, I'll be it. Uh, but. This is the Ravens division to lose, in my opinion.
1: Actually, I'm going to differ from all of you and say the Bengals. Um, I think that team is still mostly intact from last year, specifically on offense. Um, so I think um, the Bengals will be able to, to continue that success they had going to the Super Bowl. I've got the Bengals winning that division. What about in the AFC South, Wyatt?
0: Jacksonville Jags. What? See that's
1: weird cuz I also picked the Jacksonville
0: Jaguars. Trevor
3: Lawrence baby, let's go. I agree, Trevor Lawrence breakout year. When your top receiver is Christian Kirk, got it. Okay. Did you see how much uh, money that
2: guy gets paid? He's really good at football.
3: Don't care about his contract. Christian Kirk, they overpaid top him. Notch. They overpaid him to get him to go there because he's the best option that they could get. Uh speaking, I'm going to I am sticking with the trend of new quarterbacks going to a new team and doing really well. I think the Colts are going to have a great season. It's a good offensive line. Jonathan Taylor is an absolute stud. Uh, Matt Ryan just needs to get the ball out better than Carson Wentz did. I think Matt Ryan is a huge upgrade over Carson Wentz. The Colts are going to be much better this year than they were last year.
1: I have the Tennessee Titans um, winning this division. I think that Derrick Henry is still going to be good, um, at least for a little bit longer. And I have the Tennessee Titans taking this division afc west kyle's home division what do we got in the afc west
0: Uh, russell wilson with the broncos i will say the jacksonville
2: jaguars also have a good backcourt or backfield running backs (laughs) (laughs) Backcourt, their shooting guard and point guard are really good uh (laughs) for the afc west i have down the chargers
3: yeah everyone drinks the chargers kool-aid until the kool-aid runs dry uh I am sticking with the theme of new quarterbacks on new teams performing very well. I think the Broncos have always been that team that everyone has said, oh, they're just a quarterback away. They're just a quarterback away. Well, it's Russell Wilson's time to prove it. And I think he will. Uh, I think the Broncos are going to are going to win this division with a division record of like four and two. It's not going to be great. All these teams in the AFC West are going to beat each other up.
1: I've got, got the Chiefs, I think, even with the changes in the wide receiver room there. I still think um, Pat Mahomes is going to be enough to outlast um, the competition. It's going to be a very competitive division. I've got the Chiefs.
2: That was one of the harder divisions for me to pick.
1: It was, I agree. It is. I, think the, I think the AFC had the harder divisions to, to pick than the NFC, in my opinion.
3: The AFC is top to bottom more heavy than the NFC is.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that too. Um, now in the NFC, we'll again start out East. NFC East, Wyatt.
0: Is the Eagles are going all in with Jalen Hurts, I'll go all in with the E. I have the
3: Cowboys. I have the Eagles. If Jalen Hurts doesn't prove it this season, they're going to move on. I think he comes out and proves it. AJ Brown was a huge addition for them, uh, and they made, just made an upgrade at corner uh, just recently. The Eagles are all in this season.
1: Yeah, I've also got the Eagles. I think they're going to be good enough to outlast the Cowboys, and I don't think anybody else in that division is any good. So, Eagles. NFC North going to my home division.
2: Packers. Yep, I got the Packers. Um, They got the quarterback, so I assume he can get it done. They have the quarterback,
3: but the the wide receiver room is a question mark. Who's going to step up? Alan Lazard, obviously. Iowa State alum, stud. Possibly, but I think that's a huge loss. Is that offensive line going to be healthy this year? I'm actually just going to pick the Vikings. I think this could be an offensive breakout season for potential MVP candidate, sleeper candidate, Kirk Cousins. Oh my God, no. It's the Vikings <laughs> year. Hey, if Kirk Cousins throws for 5,000 yards this year, you can you can read it and weep.
1: I mean, I'm... As much as I'd love for the Vikings to win this division, I've got to pick the Packers until proven otherwise. I think Aaron Rodgers will be able to make enough with what he's got for that offense, and I've got the Packers. What if it's the
2: Lions, though? I thought about putting the
3: Lions
0: just for fun, but I didn't. I I, I
1: love the hot takes.
2: They have a great offensive
3: line. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if Jared Goff can get it done, though.
0: Aaron
2: Rodgers is going to do some hallucinogenics and smoke everybody else's team.
0: Speaking of old quarterbacks in the NFC South, I have the Bucs with the husk of Tom Brady, who is still probably one of the best quarterbacks in the league at the ripe age of 40, 44, 45 about to be yeah, five. about to be 45. Not yet. He's 45 in December, I think. Oh, he is. Uh, August 3rd was his birthday. He is now 45. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh there you 45. go. I was thinking about LeBron, maybe yeah. just talking about old people. But I agree uh,
2: on the same genre of. Until they prove me wrong, I will pick them. I'm going to go Tom Brady, who recently had, you know, that 11-day break to suck the life force out of some young people, and uh, the Buccaneers will win the division.
3: Yeah, the Buccaneers are old. They've already had some pretty big injuries, especially to their center, Ryan Jensen, this year. Um, I don't know. I'm sticking with the theme of new quarterbacks on new teams. Uh, I'm going to go outside the lines here and pick the Panthers. I think Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey is probably Comeback Player of the Year in the NFL.
1: The Saints actually winning this division. I think they've uh, got enough talent on offense that even if James Winston has some bad games, that they'll uh, be able to score enough points to win some games. I've got the Saints in, in my uh, biggest surprise division winner.
2: So you think we're going to get good Jameis this year, or you think everybody else will just be able to offset?
1: We're going to get good enough Jameis. Jameis. Good enough
2: Jameis is what I'm thinking.
3: You're going to get 45 touchdown, 21
2: interception Jameis Winston. That's better than 30 and 30 Jameis Winston.
1: In the last division, the NFC West. What do we got in the NFC West? I got the 49ers.
2: I am reluctantly picking the Los Angeles Rams. Gross gross I I'm not
3: exactly sure I I think there is more to be concerned about with Stafford's elbow injury um I the Cardinals always seem to regress second half of the season the 49ers have the best roster in this division they I'm going Trey with Trey Lance I'm right but they also have Jimmy G as the backup quarterback yeah, if so that's dies, they can still perform I'm I'm going with the 49ers here because if Kyler Murray gets hurt who do they have as their backup Anyone know? Somebody over five foot nine. I don't know. Bueller uh, in the ranch? I don't know. So I'm going with the 49ers.
1: I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. I think um, Kyler Murray finally is able to rally a team for the whole season, and I've got the Cardinals. That that that's all the divisions. So as I said, we'll do our Super Bowl matchups. Uh, Wyatt, what is your Super Bowl matchup?
0: We have the Bills versus the Jags. Just kidding. The 49ers. I have the Bills versus the Rams. Wait, hold on. Why? I-, I just want to go
3: back. You said Bills versus, and you started to say Jaguars, which is
0: physically impossible. <laughs> yeah, that's the joke. <laughs> I just wanted to clear that <laughs> yeah, that one up. You did hear that correctly. No, okay. Bills forty nine ers. That I actually Yeah Bills niners,
2: that. and I have I have Bills Rams.
0: No, I don't have the Rams again. They, were, uh,
2: they won the Super Bowl last year.
3: I yeah. know. That, that's why I'm saying Rams again. Like, I don't want that. Nobody. I am going to say that the best team in the AFC will face the best team in the NFC. Like, Mm -hmm. roster-wise, I'm going to go Chargers versus 49ers.
1: I'm going to go Bills versus Cardinals. Cardinals will be getting DeAndre Hopkins back the second half of the year. I think he'll have a lot of steam going into the playoffs. So, with those Super Bowl matchups, who is your Super Bowl champion, Wyatt? Bills, 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 Bills.
2: Yeah, I... You know, I'm looking at these choices and it makes me very nervous, but I also have the bills written down. And I'd also like to remind everyone, like three minutes ago when Kyle said that you shouldn't drink the Chargers Kool-Aid because I picked them to win the AFC West. But uh, go ahead, Kyle. I know
3: everyone picks them to win the division and then be the Super Bowl favorite, but I didn't pick them to win the division. So therefore, they can still be the Super Bowl favorite. I am picking the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert will lead this team uh, to to their Super Bowl victory this year.
1: I've got the Bills as well. Uh, yeah, I think Josh Allen is just going to be too good.
2: So well, I, I apologize to the Bills because we basically just ruined it for them. There's no way we can three be right.
1: Yeah, that would be that might be a first on our season preview. But of course, we will revisit this um, as the season goes along, just like we did with our um, MLB predictions at the trade deadline, and we'll we'll see how everybody did.
3: Do we all want to make a de facto write that down prediction for ourselves here?
1: No, absolutely I not. You can if you'd like, but I am not confident in that prediction. Okay. All right, well, with the end of uh, that season preview, we'll jump right into our signature segments with Mike Stupid Rules, and this one is courtesy of Kyle, who um, brought this to my attention earlier in the week, so thank you, Kyle. If you remember, um, the trade deadline has already come and went in Major League Baseball. Um, We talked about that extensively at the time, but we had a very intriguing um, trade. I don't remember the Players involved in the trade, I didn't look up the details, but the Phillies made a trade to acquire a player on august thirty first Now, first of all, how could this happen? The trade deadline is passed. Well the reason is that trade deadline only applies to players who are on the forty man roster of a major league team. So minor league trades can still happen as long as that player is not on the forty man roster of a major league team. So that's how trades are allowed to happen. Um, You see it occasionally, you know, swaps for minor league players to fill holes and whatever, things like that. Um, So it can happen, um, it's just not common. But the more intriguing thing of this is um, with that trade on uh, August 31st, the Phillies went and added the player they acquired to their 40-man roster right after they acquired him. Now that August 31st date is key, Because um, September 1st is the day um, where um, it sort of locks in your 40-man roster for the playoffs. So only players that were on your 40-man roster or 60-day IL um, as of September 1st are eligible for the postseason roster. So they got him on the... um, the 40-man roster in time, that if they wanted, he would be eligible um, for the playoff roster. Um, We don't talk about um, that deadline as much now that there's only one trade deadline as opposed to the two trade deadlines, the non-waiver deadline and then the waiver deadline that they were previously. Um, But that is still um, a rostering rule and the Phillies um, snuck in under that rule. So take a look at your team's 40-man roster that is going to be what, um, what players they're going to have to pick from for the playoff roster if they make it. So there you go. That is, is the If I'm
3: a Royals fan, Mike, do I need to worry about what my 40-man roster looks like?
1: I, I do not believe the Royals are eliminated from playoff contention if I look, so you might as well take a look. There's a chance. It's not a good you, chance.
3: So you're there's saying there's, a, there's chance.
1: a chance. I am saying there is a chance. There is so a the, chance.
3: The player in that trade that the Phillies acquired was Vinny Natoli, who is a right-handed reliever. So uh, potential bullpen depth for the Phillies if they uh, end up making the postseason.
1: Yep. Well, there we go. That's how you can add to your playoff roster even after the trade deadline. In our Write That Down prediction segments, we have two of the more obscure predictions that we've had recently come off the board. First was Kyle's disc golf prediction that Paul Macbeth would finish in the top five of the Professional Disc Golf World Championships. I looked this up uh, before the episode. He actually won that tournament in a playoff in the final round. Um, he was very safely in the top five. Um, the person who finished sixth sixth was eight throwers. they called throwers. All
3: right. Well, Paul Macbeth was eight under par compared, or eight shots. Eight, well, ahead. Bad shots,
1: to call eight shots. shots.
3: Yeah, just like golf.
1: Okay, eight shots. There you go. So he was very comfortably in the top five. So for that, Kyle gets a ding, 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 ding. ding, ding, ding. ding, ding. ding. The other prediction um, was Ariane's climbing prediction that an American will podium in the men's and women's lead competitions at the competition um, the first weekend in September. I am told that uh, the men did not even make the finals. um tied to podium without making the final. Yeah, um, there was not start.
2: a man in the men. There was not a single American in the men's final, but Brooke Rabitou did, no, sorry, Natalia Grossman did podium for the women, so I got halfway there.
1: But half is not good enough in write that down predictions, so for that you get a nah,
0: nah, nah back to golf, isn't golf? Aren't they called strokes, not
1: shots? Strokes or shots? Strokes. Technically, I think yeah, strokes I think. is correct. Yes, okay. pretty yeah. sure it's
2: swings.
0: <laughs> My only experience, to be fair, was at the <laughs> game uh, golf with friends. So I regularly see the like ten strokes. I'm really bad. Who do you play with? Uh, I played with you before. Oh, that's weird. Thought you had to play with your friends. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 well, now, now that we've gotten that out of the way that uh, Ryan and Wyatt no longer like each other, I guess we'll put some predictions back up on the board. Um, I am going to predict that the Cyclones do not get safetyed against Iowa. Please do not get safetied against Iowa.
0: So is that the Cyclones safetying themselves or Iowa safetying themselves?
1: Iowa would get the two points. Iowa will not get two points for safetying the Cyclones. The Cyclones will safety themselves.
0: I mean, that's how I like to think about it because they're the ones doing the action, right? Iowa will
2: score a two point safety. That is that's how it will go down in will the not in score scoreboard safety.
0: That is what right. I'm saying. They will not, I would say that's a
2: single. Safety.
0: No, what you're saying will absolutely happen. They will
1: not get, a single. yeah. So, so single, yeah. I'm fine. Single. Yeah, these are confusing. I think from Josh this week, he's still alive. Um, I did, uh, did not hear a prediction from him. He is still alive. He opened my Snapchat, but asked if he had a prediction. So I assume he is still alive, but he did not respond. Do we give him a strikeout for that? I think sounds like a strikeout to me. Yeah, I guess that's a strikeout then Josh. If you get a prediction, let me know. And maybe we'll evoke the strikeout.
0: I'm going to predict that Iowa will safety themselves as in the Cyclones will score two points on the safety <laughs> that Iowa, Iowa does to themselves. <laughs>
2: I'm glad we went over all the specifics of this. Uh, I'm going to give it a triple. I think there's a chance.
1: I think this is a home run. I don't think the second Probably. is going to here.
3: Yeah, I'm going to say home run.
1: Home run it is. Yeah, cow?
3: I'm going to break the norm so far and make two predictions, the first of which will be that the Chiefs will be top seven in the league in sacks this year. Uh, according to Statmuse uh, for all of you last season, the chiefs had 31 total sacks, which ranks them fourth to last in the league ranked 28. Um, that would be very surprising to me to be, to be top seven last season. They would have needed to be top Tampa Bay Buccaneers level. Good. Uh, and at least have 47 sacks to tie for seventh. That would be so a market s-
2: improvement with uh, the 16,
3: a- 16
2: additional sacks. Am, am am I incorrect in saying they really didn't, they didn't add any big pieces on their line, right?
3: Uh, via proven talent, they did draft George Karloftis uh, at the end of the first round. Um, so take that as you will, being a rookie. But yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't think a rookie is the equivalent of 16 sacks is what I'm saying. <laughs> if he is
2: fantastic pick. Good job.
1: This seems like a, a triple to me then, I guess I
2: was, I was also thinking triple. That sounds good.
1: Triple. it is. I am.
2: I am also
3: predicting that Justin Herbert will win league MVP this season.
2: We get odds up. We have odds on that.
3: I think the odds on favorite right now is most likely. I would guess Aaron Josh Rodgers. Allen. Oh, or Josh. Allen. That's a good one.
2: Actually. Uh, oh, well, that's a list of them. I don't care about that.
3: Go to FanDuel, not a sponsor
2: yet. <laughs> legal in everybody's state now, I think. Fine. Oh, never mind.
1: Sports wagering is not legal in the state of Minnesota. Don't get me in trouble. Unless you're going to bail me out for that, too.
2: Nope. Um, has to be on the field conduct. Uh, Josh Allen is plus 700, Tom Brady plus 800, Patrick Mahomes 850, Aaron Rodgers plus 1,000, Justin Herbert plus 1,000. So there are one, two, three people who are more of a favorite than Justin Herbert, and Aaron Rodgers is tied.
1: So is this a double or a triple? Oh, it's got to be at least a triple.
2: I was going to say, I lean towards a triple for sure.
1: All right, I'm good with triple.
2: Trey Lance has odds on here. That would be, that'd be something. That would be something. I'm not sure Trey Lance finishes the season as the starter, personally.
1: I heard he was quite upset that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the team.
2: I also did. Jimmy G seems fine with it, though. I would be too, because living that hey, life. if you mess up in one game, you're probably getting replaced. All right. So for my prediction, I'm going to stick with the NFL and I'm going to say Baker Mayfield revenge game is a success. The Panthers will defeat the Browns in week one. I would like to see this.
1: Can we get FPI this on that? What is ESPN's FPI double. on that? Uh,
2: let me click on it.
1: Um. It says the Browns have a 62.7% chance to win that game.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, 36.9% chance for the Panthers.
0: It's what like the, double-ish? double ish. That's, that's a double. Yeah, that's
1: a double.
2: Yeah. yeah. Double.
0: What is, and
2: I will, uh, I will follow in the mold of Kyle and I'm going to make a second prediction as well. Swinging it back to the MLB, which we did not mention, but, uh, still going strong. Uh, When I made this prediction, I did not look at the standings at first and I didn't realize how bad the Twins had been. But uh, I said the final order in the standings for all of our respective favorite teams will end up being the Cardinals, the Twins, the Royals and the Cubs. However, uh, we're really just looking at the the Royals and the Cubs because the Cardinals and the Twins are very stratified from everybody else. This seems extremely likely to me. So right now, the only thing we're looking at is saying that the Cubs, who are 56 and 78, will end up actually finishing underneath the Royals, who are 55 and 81. So the Cubs are two games up currently.
1: I mean, this is probably a single to me if it's a toss up. Yeah. Seems like a single. Yeah. I thought it
2: was
3: initially a single. I mean, you pretty much already got two of them correct. Yeah.
1: In my head, the twins were a lot closer to the Cardinals. Yeah, they've been playing poorly. They haven't had a winning month since May. So and they
0: almost got hurts. no
2: hit by the White Sox.
0: Yeah, they snuck out of that one with one out to go. Single it is. Two singles, a double, two triples, and a home run. That concludes our Write That Down prediction segment, which means we're at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for dropping by this week's episode of the 8311cast, episode 189. From now, until next week's episode, be sure to check in with our social media pages at 8311cast on Twitter and Instagram. Signing off for the 8311 cast are your hosts. Kyle Mersch. Mike Ludwig. Ariane Barry. And Wyatt Teeter. We'll talk to y'all again in next week's episode. Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones! Beat the Hawks! Go Cyclones! Beat
2: the Hawks! Go Cyclones! Beat the Hawks!